This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You want to talk to me? It's Linnell Willingham. So glad we had a chance to talk this out. On 106.7 The Fan. Yeah. It's a vibe when I'm on here with you guys. Thank you for tapping in with me. A couple segments left to go here in the show. Stay tuned on the other side of the break. Sally Jenkins, Hall of Fame columnist for the Washington Post, joins me to talk about her Dan Snyder hit piece is what I'm calling it. It was an ether. Well-deserved, though, from Dan Snyder. He deserved Sally Jenkins coming off the top rope the way she did We'll talk to her coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, but before we took the break, we had Nell's quick clicks. We're talking about Chick-fil-A and my disdain for the overpriced fast food joint. We're also talking about the Washington Commanders and Terry McLaurin getting that contract extension. I wanted to pose the question out there to you guys. Tap in with me. MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well, at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. A lot of scary Terry signing his deal, getting that bag. Which Washington commander is next in line for some of that new money? I want to take you guys' call. We'll go out to a man who knows a lot about the Washington commanders. My man, Corey Sanchez, giving us his opinion on the Washington commanders and apparently Chick-fil-A. What's going on, Corey? What you doing giving out my government name? Like, I'm here for sure when you're here for with you now. Bruh, come on. Do you do better than that? That's, that's on me. That's hey, on me, brother. Hey, look, nah, it's all good. But look, I'm going to tell you this right now. Look, I'm 320 pounds, and Chick-fil-A do enough for me. So I, I just don't think you're getting the right stuff. That's exactly. And then you and I one day offline, we're going to talk about your accent detection. Because I live near Tennessee and Kentucky. I know them accents. The Kentucky accent, they, they got like a deep, raspy voice because they sucked up all that coal. And then in Tennessee, they a little bit fried, a little perky. And in Texas, they just raspy because they just sucking in all that gunpowder and everything they got down there. But anyway, to the point at hand, none of these guys deserve a contract extension right really? now. Uh, Montez, no, because like you said, Montez Sweat has yet to eclipse 10 sacks uh, on the season yet. So I don't think that's worth renewing that contract, right? And then Deron Payne, I mean, 
he's still like I, I know he was uh, the straw that was stirring the drink back in 2020, but he had to reca- he didn't recapture that in 2021. So right now, even though those guys might be the top that deserve the bread, I wouldn't give him a contract. You got to prove him more. You got to help me win ball games. And these guys on defensive side of the ball, and they lost more games than they helped win last year. So I can't pay you for that, bro. Hey. Look, I appreciate you, Corey, always bringing it strong. And, yeah, I got to agree and echo some of the sentiments of the Sanchez is what they like to call my man. Look, we were talking about it earlier when the Stallion brought up Montez Sweat. It's hard. It's hard out here for me to, 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 to open up my checkbooks for Montez Sweat. And, and, and Corey hit it right on the head. Deron Payne, in my opinion, has the best case, and like Corey said, he was the straw that stirred the drink in 2020. I will push back on something he said there, though. He said he didn't reclaim that form last year. I think he did. It's just the guys on the edge weren't doing their part, so it didn't get highlighted the way it did in 2020 with Chase Young getting seven and a half sacks, with Montez Sweat registering nine sacks. They would have had a lot more sacks if they would have just stayed in their lane and rushed the passer in a disciplined way. But continue to tap in with me. MGM National Harbor listening lines wide open for the rest of the show. 1-800-636-1067. You can tap in with me on Twitter and Instagram as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll continue to take a look here at the Washington Commanders roster. I want to pose this question out there to you guys as well. Who's a part of this core of the Washington Commanders moving forward? Obviously, Ron Rivera mentioned it when he came in here. He wants to build a sustained winning culture, who should the Washington Commanders open up the checkbook with and make them a part of this sustained winning culture long-term? You look at some of the guys who are going to be free agents uh, after this season is up. And one guy I wanted to hit on and go into a little bit more detail about is the linebacker, Cole Holcomb. Going to be an unrestricted free agent at season's end. Obviously, Ron and company very pleased Uh, with what Cole Holcomb has been able to do since he's been here. Remember, Ron and company didn't draft Cole Holcomb. They inherited this young man. They've done nothing but give him more and more responsibility each season, and for good reason. Uh, Cole Holcomb is somebody I feel like has gotten better each year he's been in the National Football League. You look at the athleticism and size that he brings you at the linebacker position, his ability to run sideline to sideline, showing off that 4-5-40 speed. You saw him do it. At the collegiate level at North Carolina, he came in his rookie year, didn't get a lot of snaps, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's your starter. And he hasn't uh, relinquished the spot ever since. I think the big thing with Cole Holcomb is everybody wants to see him make improvements uh, in his pass defense. You know, The National Football League transitioning to what is a passing league, and we're seeing a lot more running backs and tight ends being used exclusively in the pass game. I think having a, a linebacker with the athletic traits and characteristics of Cole Holcomb is essential. Uh, if you're trying to build a quality defense, obviously the pressure is going to be on him uh, this season. First year at the mic, they didn't go out and address that position uh, in free agency because they believed in what they had in-house. Talking about Cole Holcomb uh, as well as Jamin Davis, the first-round rookie uh, from last year. But if you're talking about building your identity and your culture, I think Cole Holcomb's got to be a part of that. You went out and you signed Terry McLaurin because of what? The improvement. You saw him improve each year he's been in the National Football League. He does things the right way. No type of off-the-field troubles. He's a guy that everybody loves in the locker room. Uh, They call Cole Holcomb Joe Dirt. 
uh, in the Washington Commanders locker room. So he's got a lot of fans uh, within that uh, within that Washington Commanders locker room. So I think it you got to sign him for one because look, I think the guys in the locker room are going to be looking at it saying, "Look, hey, pay this man. We've seen him put in the work." I know you guys are familiar, and, you, and, and the ladies out there, I'm sure you love the mullet. And I know you guys have probably been looking at the physique of Cole Holcomb. He's gotten, you know, marginally bigger uh, ever since he's uh, joined the fray here in Washington. You see him working on his body and continuing just to, to get better as a football player. Obviously, you know, last year he had some shortcomings. Hopefully uh, 2022 is the year we see him take that next step. But I want to hear from you guys on this. Continue to tap in with me. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, one 800 636-1067. Who was the next commander's player that you think should be in line to get a new contract uh, in light of Terry McLaurin getting his new money? And I'll and I'll bring things back to the secondary. I mentioned Cam Curl earlier, uh, potentially providing Washington with that solidified, bona fide option at the safety position. I mentioned ever since, you know, Sean Taylor's unfortunate passing, it has been a revolving door at the safety spot. Uh, for your Washington Commanders. They were able to draft Cam Curl in the seventh round in 2020. And kudos to Ron Rivera and company. And, the, and Kyle Smith gets some credit for that as well. He was part of making that draft board for the Commanders uh, heading into the 2020 draft. He's now in Atlanta with the Falcons. But give credit to this regime for finding a diamond in the rough uh, in Cameron Curl. Seventh round pick from the University of Arkansas just doing big time things. Uh, for the commanders, continuing to get better and showing that he's going to be a part of this core moving forward. I think Cam Curl is a guy who's got to get locked up long-term. Uh, I mentioned the safety spot, though, his running mate, the free agent that the Washington commanders signed a season ago, talking about Bobby McCain. They got to get him locked up long-term. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, I guess you could say as a super fan. I don't even consider it being a super fan. I just consider me, Consider you know me being a 24-year-old who likes to scour social media. But as I do this and I, and I go through and I look at some of the Instagram comments uh, on some of your players that are active on social media, the one guy that's always in everybody's comments, giving, a, giving an attaboy and a kudos, is safety Bobby McCain. They signed him uh, last offseason, uh, right around this time actually. I believe it was the, the, the end of June or the middle of June when they signed McCain here. Uh, from Miami, and he did good things in Miami for, with the Dolphins, had five picks, so they brought him in here to help solidify that safety spot, and he'll admit, you know, such. It was, it was, it was a struggle for Bobby McCain. I hear in his first season with the Washington Commanders, we saw him come on toward the end of the season, but one of the big things and rumblings that we've heard out of Ashburn so far this offseason, everybody you talk to has been how impressed that they've been with Bobby McCain in his second year uh, in this defense. I think he's got the potential to maybe be the long-term answer for the Washington Commanders. They're a guy who's only 28 years old, and I mentioned just how big it was Excuse me, in this locker room, the cohesion between these guys. You go to Bobby McCain's Instagram and look at the comments from his teammates on his Instagram account, they clearly love the guy. They do, and they've, they've created a camaraderie within that secondary that I think is going to go a long way in the success of this defense uh, in 2022. But he's a guy that has assumed a leadership role and has you know, stepped into that perfectly, and, and I think 
you know, in 2022, we'll, we'll finally get to reap the benefits uh, of Bobby McCain and see just how impactful uh, he could be on this team. I want to continue to hear from you guys on this. Which member of the commanders or members, if you got multiple answers, do you think is next in line to get that payday from this front office? Tap in with me. 1-800-636-1067. You can also tap in with me on Twitter and Instagram as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Let's go to my man, Joseph in Richmond, who wants to give us his take. What's going on, Joseph? Hey, thank you, sir, for taking my call. Uh, I know when it comes to uh, the defensive line, you got first, you got four first-round draft choices right there. We got Jonathan Allen signed. I know you can't sign everybody, but if I had a choice, I would rather have Deron Payne signed. And if I had, if, if it means letting Montez Sweat walk through free agency, that's what I would do. I agree you with you, Chase by the way, Young. Joe. I agree with you. Go ahead. And you also have Chase Young in the next few years also, sir. So I think if my my scenario would have at least three of the four signed, and that would be Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Chase Young. And if I have to let one guy go, it had to be Montez Sweat. So thank you for taking my call, sir. Yep. I appreciate you, Joseph. Coming hot off the top rope with an astute point there. And I hit on it earlier. Me and the Stallion were talking about it uh, in the 4 o'clock hour. There is reason to pause, in my opinion, when it comes to giving a big-time contract extension to a guy like Montez Sweat simply based off the lack of production uh, that he has uh, had so far in his tenure with the Washington Commanders. We saw the culmination of what he could be in 2020, I feel like, when he goes for the nine sacks. I believe he had 11 tackles for loss. Just make an impact. Scored a touchdown in that Thanksgiving game uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. But long-term, considering what the edge rusher market is, right, that number and contract figure for Montez Sweat's going to get pricey. It's going to get pricey. It's going to be a lucrative deal uh, that they're going to potentially have to sign him to. And I want to hit on something that Joseph said there. Just because you signed Jonathan Allen, uh, to, a, to a pretty sizable contract extension last offseason doesn't mean automatically that we should just write off the notion of extending Deron Payne. I, I don't think that that is smart thinking. Because as many football experts and gurus out there always say, you can never have too many good defensive linemen. And I don't just view Deron Payne as a defensive lineman. I view him as a pass rusher. I view him as a run stuffer. I mean, he's he's a guy that does a lot of things for the Washington Commanders that don't show up in your stat sheet. They just don't. They just don't. You're going to have to go to PFF and look at, look at the metrics and things like that to really look and see the impact that a guy like Deron Payne has on the football field, somebody who eats up double teams constantly, the way he's able to move the pocket and push the pocket from the interior, making quarterbacks have to escape the pocket. I think he'd look better. I think Deron Payne would look a lot better if Montez Sweat and Chase Young and the rest of the defensive ends on the commanders did their job, stayed disciplined in their rush lanes, because they'd have a lot more sacks. Because Deron Payne and John Allen consistently push the pocket and make quarterbacks have to escape. And we've seen it all too many times a season ago. They forced quarterbacks to escape the pocket, and then boom, nobody there on the outside to contain. So that's why I'm paying Deron Payne before I pay Montez Sweat. An interesting topic here that we've hit on. We mentioned Cole Holcomb. We mentioned Bobby McCain. We mentioned Cam Curl. We'll continue to do so here. Tap in with me, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. we got to take a quick time out here. On the other side of this break, the moment, an interview that I guess we've all been waiting for here, Sally Jenkins, 
Hall of Fame columnist, I like to call her, from the Washington Post will join me on the other side of this break and dig a little bit deeper into the column that she released bright and early this morning. 5 o'clock a.m. I got the notification from the Washington Post that Sally Jenkins had dropped another bomb. We'll get into that on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. You're listening to The Fan. Seven, the fan, Linnell Willingham, here with you for about another half hour or so on this July 4th here in our nation's capital, about 29 minutes past the hour. We've had a jam-packed show so far, but I've been waiting, waiting all morning to, to get to this part of the show. I got the notification on my phone about 645 this morning from the Washington Post Twitter account, and I saw the timestamp on the article from the legendary Hall of Fame columnist, Miss Sa- Miss Sally Jenkins. Sally, it says you put this thing out at 5 o'clock in the morning. You were working hard last night. <laughs> well, uh, it was done before then, I can promise you. Okay. Hopefully I put some thought into it. No, you definitely did, and you always do put thought into it. I, I mentioned it earlier when I was trying to get you on. Just a huge fan of your work. Uh, somebody well, who's just you. 24 years old. I grew up reading your stuff, Sally, and I, I said this to my producer. Every time I'm reading a column from Sally Jenkins, it feels like you're sitting right across from me as I'm reading it, always coming with just very strong, opinionated pieces. So very happy to have you join us here. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for the flattering words. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So at this point with the Washington Commanders, the, the, the headline of your article is, Has Daniel Snyder Changed, Really? And you went and said the new Dan Snyder seems an awful lot like the old one. What did you mean by that when you wrote this headline? And do us a favor and quickly summarize this article for those who couldn't couldn't catch it. Well, the article is a review of my colleague Liz Clark's excellent news story pointing out that what the, the committee uh, that called uh, Dan Snyder to testify and he refused to show up, uh, what that committee has essentially established, the, the House Commerce Committee, is that Dan Snyder's behavior is a current event. Uh, he's tried very hard to make it sound like all the sexual harassment uh, was, was years in the past and that he's changed the culture of the organization. But the fact of the matter is that sending private detectives to the doorsteps of you know, the complainants, um, that's, that's been a very current event. That's not ancient history. Uh, the idea that there's some kind of new... Dan Snyder um, and new culture in the organization, you know, the, the culture cannot be new until the owner uh, is out, if you ask me. Um, and that's what I wrote. And I 100% agree with those thoughts, and I'm sure the fans out there do as well. And, and Sally, unfortunately, this has been a reoccurring theme here, uh, as you wrote in the piece with Dan Snyder. Uh, but Sally, at this point in the investigation, it seems to be that, you know, Roger Goodell the commissioner of the National Football League, is protecting Daniel Snyder. But for what reason anymore, if what's been happening you know, hasn't been enough to get him out, Sally, I ask you, what will be? Well, it's, it's pure speculation on my part because I'm not privy to the 
commissioner's thinking, but but he does the bidding of the other owners, and I think there's probably I'm guessing uh, some weak stomachs uh, among the rest of the ownership in the league about forcing an owner out based on you know personal misconduct because there's other owners that probably have their own uh, issues and and weaknesses, and so they probably are very reluctant to pry a, a flagship franchise away from an owner uh, based on, on misbehavior. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, you know, I think that another underpinning to all of this is the fact that the NFL very badly wants a new stadium uh, in the area. They want to do a new stadium deal. They want, you know, all of the, the things that come with that. Uh, and as long as Dan Snyder you know, is the owner, I don't think it's going to be a good big stadium deal. Uh, but I think the one of the motives of the league uh, has been to try to make this go away, to kind of get it in the rearview mirror and make it a, a past event so that they can go forward with maybe trying to do some kind of deal. But I don't think that's working. I think that strategy is a failure. And you hit on it in your piece. It's a current event more so than it is a past event. Sally, I wanted to ask you this. You've obviously, you know, been in the area for several years. Like I mentioned, I grew up reading your stuff. This is, it feels like to me, and I, I want to see see how you feel about this, sort of a culmination of what has been years of just malpractice by Dan Snyder and the then Washington Redskins, Washington football team, now Washington Commanders, whatever the hell you want to call them. Are you surprised that we've made it to this point now where there are actually people coming out and coming forward about some of the things that Dan Snyder has done? No, I think that Dan Snyder has the relationships that he's worked very hard to develop. Uh, he doesn't treat people well. One of the things that, you know, any any reader can go on the House uh, Commerce Committee's website, and they posted 750 pages, roughly, of documents, depositions from former employees, uh, and also employees as, as recently as 2018, 2019, uh, uh, sworn depositions under oath, uh, also interviews with other employees. You know, and if you read that stuff, the, the portrait of Dan Snyder that emerges is someone who just really doesn't treat anybody very well. Women were particularly badly treated in his organization, but, uh, you know, male executives were, weren't treated that great either, to be uh, frank with you. I mean, you know, one guy describes Snyder saying to him, are you gay? Uh, because... He accused him of, of hiring ugly cheerleaders. I mean, that's the kind of just really pretty, con- you know, contemptible behavior that you read as you leaf through these pages. Yeah, it's just sad stuff to hear about, Sally. Joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is, in my opinion, Hall of Fame columnist for the Washington Post, Miss Sally Jenkins, and she wrote a story. Uh, in the post this morning, headline, this new Daniel Snyder seems an awful lot like the old one, and I have to agree with the sentiments uh, that she echoed. Sally, Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington Commanders, was on our station this past season stating that he talked with Dan on a regular basis. How much do you buy that Dan has been hands-off with this organization as the National Football League is saying that he should be? And and how hands-off can you be when it's your wife running the operations here in Ashburn? Well, I mean, that's a farce. I mean, that's just, that's a farcical contention that somehow the the league, um, 
you know, distanced Dan Snyder from the organization or that Snyder distanced himself. I mean, you know, this is cyclical, right? We get these coaches who say, yeah, he's turned over the keys to the franchise to, to me or to a new general manager, and he appears to distance himself. And then we find out, you know, from a Jay Gruden or a Mike Shanahan mm-hmm. that he never distanced himself, that he was meddling in the draft and the draft picks, that he was pressuring coaches on play calls, on who played, who was on the field, who was drafted. So, you know, he's contended that he's been distanced from the franchise many, many, many times before, and it's never proven to be true in the end. Usually someone steps forward and says, yeah, that really wasn't true. In fact, he was deeply, deeply involved. And so there's no reason to think this this cycle is any different at all. Uh, and, And why the NFL... Um, is so circumspect with him about this. It's a a real mystery and an unanswered question. Uh, You know, what Roger Goodell's role here is in going so easy on Dan Snyder is, is, that's a very good question that needs answering someday. Yeah, and hopefully, if we're lucky, Sally, we'll get the answer to those questions. But we know how the National Football League has been moving. They've been uh, pretty hush-hush on that front. Sally, I want to ask you this. With with the legal process uh, that Daniel Snyder has had to go through, and obviously you've been covering you know, Dan Snyder and this football team for several years, and you know he doesn't speak much. With everything that he's had to go through, should we ever expect him to take the podium and answer questions from not just the House Oversight Committee, but, but potentially some of the media members here in Washington who have had to deal with this over the last 20-plus years? Well, first of all, he speaks more than people think. He just doesn't do it. As I said, he's he's a Dan Snyder, among other things, is very furtive. You know, he talks to people off the record. Uh, he talks to people behind the scenes. You know, it's not that Dan Snyder doesn't doesn't speak. He's got many, many, many people expressing his sentiments and his wishes, uh, and and so it's it's the idea that he's some sort of retiring character is just is not true. Uh, he's just a very furtive character. Uh, he he tends to use other people as human shields, uh, and he tends to uh, make them pick up the tab for his mismanagement also. I mean, one of the things that's been going on in this entire deal is he's been trying to apparently make Bruce Allen appear to be the culprit in all of this. And Whew, and the committee, the House committee, doesn't buy it. They say that Dan Snyder, you know, was the culture and is the culture of the team, you know, not Bruce Allen. Um, so So... You know, I, let, let's correct that notion. Dan Snyder certainly talks to people, uh, and he certainly talks to people in the media. He just doesn't do it uh, in a forthright way. Yeah, and obviously, look, I'll, I'll say this to, to, I guess, kind of give him a little bit of credit. I don't blame him because I know the way this D.C. media is and, and the way that he's acted, I mean, if he ever got in front of a podium here, in front of the D.C. media, uh, it, it'd be tough for him. <laughs> but, but, Sally, I wanted to let you go with this. Do you expect more to come out? about this situation and them to eventually get to the bottom of this thing? Or like you said, you know, do, do you expect Dan Snyder to continue to use his henchmen to, to really run away from this situation like he's ran away from every other situation? You know, here's the thing. There's, there's you know, this second uh, investigation that the NFL was really forced to launch uh, hiring Mary Jo White because they they got into, you know, what turned out to be a really unsustainable agreement with Dan Snyder um, with the Beth Wilkinson investigation, where it turns out they, they tied their own hands and then got kind of busted or called on that. And now we have new people, new women who stepped forward and said, yeah, Dan Snyder personally sexually harassed me. Or in one instance, we have a woman who they settled uh, to the tune of $1.6 million because she alleged that he actually sexually assaulted her. 
And so, you know, the, there's this new Mary Jo White investigation, and we'll see what happens there uh, and what the league does with that. So, so there's some... You know, there's some events still to come and, and potentially some, some shoes to drop. Uh, you know, I happen to believe myself that this was a very pervasive culture. Uh, I think the Washington Post has has done a pretty thorough job in terms of finding all of the people um, willing to, to, to speak freely about it. Uh, you know, it's hard to know what's going to happen next because it's hard to know how the NFL is going to play the Mary Jo White investigation. The one thing I do know is I really like Ron Rivera and, and respect the, the heck out of him. I think he's a terrific coach, a proven coach. I covered the Super Bowl that he got his team to with Carolina. Um, I've always been impressed with him. The problem is he may not be enough to surmount the drag on this team. You know, particularly if, if Snyder gets through this cycle and is still in possession of the team and he starts to reassert his bidding in the draft, Ron Rivera will never, ever, ever be able to succeed this franchise. Yeah, and Sally, you mentioned it. Obviously, you've covered this team for a while. You've seen coaches come in here and think that this is the point where we can supersede the power from, from the evil man that is Daniel Snyder. You listed off some of the names, Jay Gruden. Mike Shanahan, Marty Schottenheimer, now Ron Rivera. Hopefully this is a change, uh, Sally, because I know this fan base is starving for a winner, and they know the first step of doing that is getting hey, listen, the Washington, hands off. Yeah, the Washington Post is starved for a winner, too. You yeah. know, I mean, I think one thing the public needs to realize is it's a lot more fun for us, too, to cover a winner. You know, we're I'm tired of writing about a losing franchise or a break-even franchise. Yes. You know, it, we're tired of talking like, about I, it. You know, I, like, you know... I, I go to Super Bowls and I cover teams where things are good, you know, like uh, franchises where it works, where it's working, and you can tell the difference. And it's a lot of fun to be around those those teams and and those organizations. It's really interesting. It's much more interesting than this, to tell you the truth. So it's not like we want to be negative. I don't like going negative on on the Washington Commanders. I'm rooting for Ron Rivera to make a success out of them and Jason Wright to make a success out of them. But I'm I've also really watched this team closely for a long, long time. Unfortunately, I I would people out there. I thought that they were going to turn some kind of corner, uh, but you just feel a palpable difference between the way this team operates and the way a really great uh, team on the up, you know, that's got the nose up operates. Sally, I know we don't have too much more time left with you. I wanted to ask your opinion on the statement uh, that Daniel Snyder released, basically trying to blame the media, specifically well, and the bl- Washington and, Post. And blame the Washington Post specifically. And like I said, you know, uh, look, who who wouldn't who who doesn't wish this team was like the L.A. Rams? You know, right. like Sean McVay was in the house, right? Yep. Yep. Great young coach. Kyle Shanahan was in the house. I mean, you knew Kyle Shanahan was going places. You knew Sean McVay was going places. The only person who didn't apparently was Dan Snyder. So you know, it, it's it's difficult to. And, and by the way, you know, these are problems of his own making. Okay, one hundred percent. Again, Dan Snyder is the culture of the Washington football franchise. His treatment of people in the organization has been rude, bullying, nasty, um, and that's not something the Washington Post created. That's something that Dan Snyder created. Yeah, and I'll let you out on something light, Sally. I appreciate the time. I know you're a Stanford grad, so you must have <laughs> yeah. an opinion on USC and UCLA voting for the Big Ten. What do you think about that? Well, 
you know, uh, again, I've been doing this a long time, as you, as you pointed out, and I can remember years and years ago when I covered college football as a beat uh, back in the 1980s, literally, there were, there were people talking then about creating one big super conference and that that's what really needed to happen in college football, that it didn't make much financial sense to have the small programs and the have-nots competing with the haves, all of which I think is wrong thinking, but it's been a vein in college football for the longest time, and that's what they're finally moving towards. There have been you know, a handful of very, very big Colossus programs that have wanted this uh, for a while. They, they, they've been moving towards this, and it's too bad. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that they're, they're going to uh, they're gonna, you know, break college football. This is what's really going to break college football, not NIL. I mean, yeah. it's, really, it's really ironic. Now that's interesting that you said that. Look, Miss Sally, I appreciate your time. Like I said, this is a dream come true for myself <laughs> You're getting so to kind. talk to you. It's, very, it's great to talk to you, too. And uh, continue, I'll, I'll be back, hopefully. Yes, ma'am. Continue yeah, to shoot happy again. Okay. All right. Take care. The Washington Post, Sally Jenkins, joining us on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. And Sally Jenkins, doing what Sally Jenkins does, coming off the top rope, shooting it as straight as anybody does here in this market. If you guys got the Odyssey Rewind feature, go back and take a listen to that. If you were able to hop in during the middle of that conversation, we'll have the podcast posted uh, at the end of the show. Just great stuff. Uh, there from Sally Jenkins, really just highlighting how evil of a man Dan Snyder has been. And she hit something that she said that really stuck with me based on the statement that Dan Snyder had the gall to come out and release. The Washington Post didn't create this terrible, toxic culture that exists within the Washington Commanders. Dan Snyder did. Uh, we got to take a quick time out here. When we get back on the other side of this break, if I was a better, the gambling staple, here with Linnell Willingham, here with you on The Fan. I'll give you some big, fat winners here for tonight. Got some MLB on the docket. You don't want to go anywhere. I'll give you my picks on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. You're listening to The Fan. We even come back from break. Sally Jenkins just giving us gold. I want to give a big shout out to Miss Sally Jenkins one more time. Coming on and talking about her piece in the Washington Post. Headlined, this new Daniel Snyder seems an awful lot like the old one. You can check that out on thewashingtonpost.com. I want to give her a big thanks for hopping on with me and just spitting some real about the situation with Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. But you know why we're here. You heard the rejoiner. If I was a better, we'll recap what happened on Saturday. I told you to take the under in the summer league game. Of course, it hit. I also told you to take the under in the Nats game, and that hit as well. So 2-0 here on If I Was a Better. And I got a couple more plays for you guys here tonight, and I'm keeping it simple. It's just baseball, and it's the same game two nights in a row. Tonight, 641 first pitch, Mets and Reds. Got Taewon Walker 
on the bump for the Mets. The run line is set at 10. He's been dealing. Take the under on the run line in Mets-Reds tonight. Taewon Walker going to continue to deal against a struggling Cincinnati Reds team. And then tomorrow night, I know people in New York are going to be antsy, happy, excited, all the emotions. The return of Max Scherzer tomorrow night. He's missed the past couple months. He's back getting his first start in no better place, no better team to get right against than the Cincinnati Reds. The run line currently set at nine. Slam home the under. I think Max Scherzer comes out tomorrow in his first game back, wheeling and dealing. That'll do it for if I was a better. You know the plays. Take the run line under Mets, Reds, both nights, tomorrow night and tonight. Taewon Walker on the bump tonight for Buck Walter's squad. Max Scherzer makes his return tomorrow night. And look, that's going to put a bow on it here for us. That's going to do it. I want to appreciate you all for tapping in with me all show long. You can continue to do so throughout the night. I'm up. I'll be on the Twitter app, planning that, answering your questions all night long. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I want to give a big thanks to the guests that joined us. Chase Hughes in the first hour from NBC Sports Washington talking all things D.C. family, giving us the latest on the Washington Wizards and what he thinks we can expect from the rookie Johnny Davis in the Summer League. I want to thank Mark Schofield, USA Today's Touchdown Wire, joining me in the 4 o'clock hour, taking the spin around the National Football League as we're just about three weeks away from the start of training camp. And Sally Jenkins just joined us in the last segment, coming off the top rope per usual, spitting the reel, keeping things all the way 100 about your Washington commander. So I want to thank the guests for joining me. If you missed any of today's show, you can go back and use the Odyssey Rewind feature, or you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, your Google Play Store, the App Store, whatever you whatever you do. Tap in with me, though. That's going to do it here for me. I appreciate you all tapping in with me. Until next time, it's been Linnell Willingham here on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.